Hey, welcome everyone to episode 73 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we will have some merch coming pretty soon here, so keep an eye out for that. But this week, we're going to jump right into it with uh, Hernan from Video Gamo Inc., which we've already talked to him a couple times about uh, Nave as well as Dobotone. But it is their 10th year anniversary for Nave, so I thought I would bring them back in. Talk about some of the really unique things that they're doing with their cabinet and their game, as well as talk about what they have in store for the rest of the year. So here's Hernan. How you doing? Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you were able to come on here and we get to talk about the game again. Um, it's been a, feels like a really long time since we've actually spoken, but we've been kind of back and forth the last what, eight months, a year, something like that. Um, so I guess for anyone that didn't see the past episodes, just reintroduce yourself, Hernan, and just let us know kind of who you are. Okay. I'm uh, Hernan Saez. I'm part of Video Gamo, uh, along with Maximo Balestrini and Paloma Balestrini. Uh, we're a small team that makes uh, dedicated hardware games, uh, such as arcades. That is uh, Nave Arcade, it's a proper arcade cabinet, and then... The other project we have is uh, Dobotone, that it's a party console, uh, a very special party console. Uh, and that's uh, who I am and what we do. Awesome. For anyone that isn't familiar with Nave, let's just recap the story. Just how did you guys come up with the game, you and Maximo, as well as like, where did the idea come from? Okay. So this was 2010. Um, uh, Maximo and I were starting to to try to make some games, and uh, I'm not a programmer. He's he's a programmer, uh, but uh, I wanted to learn programming, so uh, I started trying to use the uh, game maker, and I, I made the face the first tutorial that it's a mouse game, and the second tutorial is a is a, is a space shooter game, like kind of a 1942 1943 kind of game. So I said, okay, I'll try to make this, use this template, but uh, try to to make my, my own graphics. So I started to do my, to make my own graphics. Uh, and I had this idea of making it uh, black and white because it was uh, easier. It's a, a pixel game that uh, uh, 320 for uh, uh, 240 resolution. Um, and I made a few, the, 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 the ship and uh, the beginning of the ship because the, the ship gets larger during the game and um, and Maximo saw this so he liked it that much that uh, he started programming the game so we spent a, a, a couple of years uh, making other stuff and from time to time jump into Nave and Nave was going to be uh, uh, the game is made in, in Flash. Was that time where uh, Flash games were were a thing? So uh, we thought that making a, an online game, uh, trying to sell it to a publisher or something. And uh, then we, we started to fool around playing with a Joy to Key program and using a joystick. So uh, we thought, okay, this will be a downloadable game, so we can you can play with a joystick. And then then uh, we had the the opportunity of presenting the game uh, at a art show that uh, game art show here in Argentina that is called Game On, and we we said okay, so if we make that presentation, we can we can maybe make a, an arcade out 
that's the game because it was the the kind of game that was perfect for an arcade uh, for two two main reasons. The first one it was the fantasy of having an arcade, and the second one was that uh, this show was two weeks long, and we didn't want to be there uh, alongside the computer and explaining people what button to touch and what button not to touch. So we said, okay, if we have an arcade game with a proper uh, dedicated control, uh, we can not be there and the arcade run, run uh, by itself. So we finally did that, and and that's the the day that we're uh, celebrating. That it's the it was the 25th of October of uh, 2012 when it was released officially. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first found your game. I don't remember if you guys reached out to me. It, it's been a while, but. When I first saw that gameplay, I thought it was so cool that it was like that shmup where it's kind of scrolling down towards you. It's infinite. You live as long as you can. But the cool thing about it was that you grow. So you like get bigger and bigger and bigger as you keep right. picking stuff up. I thought that was a really unique mechanic for a shmup because most of the time you hit one time, you're dead. That's it. Like there's not really any recovery phase, but you have the ability to get right. bigger and smaller and go as long as you can. So, um, I mean, that's that's pretty much you covered a lot of the gameplay. Um, the last time we spoke, we didn't talk about the gameplay. Talk about some of the like unique areas within the gameplay, other than obviously growing, um, that you guys implemented in your game. Right. Uh, in the base, uh, the, the game is a uh, uh, space shooter, right? You have your small uh, spaceship and uh, enemies come towards you. Uh, but then we added a few things, uh, two main things. One is that uh, the scoring system is time. Uh, that was the time when there were the runners and the cannibals and stuff that you you had one chance and make the, the, the most score that you can. And we made it kind of a joke because it's uh, zeros and and. Uh, and and the idea was that it was a, like a timer, like a clock. No, so you have a uh, uh, frames, uh, seconds, minutes, hours, days, uh, months, and years. And okay, so the the, the timer runs, right? So uh, that's the, a real time timer. Uh, and then the other feature is that uh, the the ship. Every, there's a there are uh, four power-ups you have the e that it's energy because the, the game has a the ship has an energy bar that it's kind of the the wonder boy energy bar from the arcade that goes down and then you grab the power up and goes a little bit up and then goes down 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 until you die then you have uh the, the T that it's the turbo and that uh, uh, kicks you further, like takes you further. At the same time, you um, you cannot be hit by other ships or or, or you have the, the immunity, right? So that makes the clock go faster for a while and then gets back again to the to the uh, real time timing, and that's why you can maybe uh, see a score of uh, three hours when the player actually played thirty minutes. And then uh, there's the the bomb, but uh, the bomb um, power up that clears the screen, 
okay? You have to shoot a capsule and, and then the capsule breaks and you have to bomb the site. And then there's the, the P power-up that it's uh, P for, for parts or power. And that makes your ship like uh, gain another part. So you have, that's a facet thing, right? You have a, one more part and you have more uh, firing power. But what we made is that those uh, power-ups keep coming and coming. So the, the ship gets larger and larger and larger. And that also works as a shield because every time you get hit, you lose that part. So the, in the game, you have to like grow to uh, be able to confront the enemies, but you get smaller and then you maybe get super small and then you grow again. And, uh, and, and that's the, the other like specific mechanic of the game that makes it, makes it special and weird because the, the ship grows until it covers the whole screen, right? So you have like two pixels from each side to, to move and, and nothing else. And that changes a lot the, the gameplay because players start playing a different game than uh, when you play with a smaller ship. Yeah, I mean, I thought seeing it, it was like a really, really unique way to lay everything out. Um, and what is, what's the story behind the game? So you're like a resistance fighter kind of thing and you're leaving Earth to fight off the aliens. Is that what it was? Well, we, we, we didn't put a story in, but yeah, we, it starts that, uh, with a splash screen that with the logo and then you press, press start and goes, goes down to the earth and, and gets to a view where it's like a kind of an, an obelisk, like, uh, it's a monument that we have here in Buenos Aires, similar to, uh, what you have in, in Washington, you know, the, that, that obelisk tower. So you see that and the city and you start moving the controller and the obelisk moves, right? And if you push the button, the, 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 the obelisk shoots. And then you find out that if you keep pressed, uh, it charges the turbo manu manually, and that and that uh, like launch, uh, launches you. So you you're basically the the top of that obelisk, and then like a secret weapon or weapon or something like that, right? So that's the the story. And yes, it's uh, about the resistant uh, thing that you you said. At first, the game was like a survival, right? A survival series game. Uh, and then we find out that uh, for a few players, it was like a harder, a hard game. So we said, okay, so it's not survival, it's resistance. So the, the score uh, on the top uh, of the, uh, above the, the, the numbers, it says, it says you resisted. So that's basically the story to a, a resistance game that, uh, as we, we call it. Yeah, I like that element, making it a little bit different than everybody else's, like all the survival games that are out and the endless runners and things like that. It gives its own flair that you guys made. Um, I guess the, the next thing I wanted to know about, which I thought was awesome, like you were kind of teasing this, but you hadn't told me completely the last time we spoke. But you guys did like this awesome remote play where you built like a robot arm around the joystick. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. Like, where'd you guys come up with that idea? How did you make it happen? And... Why did you decide to do that? Well, one of the things uh, I didn't tell you about Nave is that there's only one cabinet. Uh, you cannot buy the game, the software, you cannot download it. And there's only one cabinet. So what we do is to tour around with the, the cabinet. We, we've made so far like 180 presentations to, throughout the years around many cities of, uh, of Argentina and also Chile that's 
near. Uh, so when the pandemic came, we stopped uh, making these gigs. So, uh, and, and we got invited to Amaze, that it's a, it's a festival, a video game festival uh, that happens in Berlin. So uh, as we've been touring around the world with Tone, that it's a more light, uh, smaller uh, uh, hardware, we, could, we were able to go to the States and go to Europe and move around easily. But with Nave, we didn't have that chance because it's much more expensive. We will. We were planning a world tour for some time. We've been invited from many places, but, uh, but it's harder to move it. And as, was an, as it was an online thing, we said, okay, let's talk about Nave. Let's show it a little bit. And then we said, okay, it would be great if people could play. But the first thing we, we thought about was, yeah, we, we, they can play, but we, we have to uh, maybe make some changes to the program. And uh, the, the game stayed, stayed like this for many years, and we don't change, change it and break it because of the scoring and the players that follow it. We, we, we don't want to change things. So it stayed there. And then uh, Maximo said, OK, what if we make a robot that controls the arcade? And in that way, you can put like a webcam and you can put a, a, a system, a robotic system that moves the, the, the stick and presses the button. So you're able from your computer, your mobile, or from whatever you are uh, to play the game directly in the machine without not breaking the rule of, of just uh, make it playable there. And, and that's why we came up with this idea of the, of the Nave Remoto, uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, mode that Nave has and Robota, that it's the system uh, uh, that we, we made that will, will allow anyone to use it and make remote play direct from, from a, a screen and, and an arcade uh, to your house. So, so that's the thing about the, the Nave Remoto, Nave Remote system. Yeah, when I saw that, I thought it was so cool that you could play really from anywhere in the world. and. It's such an exclusive thing that you guys only have the one cabinet in Argentina. Like, that's really unique for indie games because most of them would make a couple of them and send them out. But you're right. I mean, getting a cabinet from Argentina to the U.S. or to Canada or anywhere else into Europe is going to be very expensive. That's why we haven't shipped any cabinets outside of the U.S. either. So I understand. Um, I guess you guys have the big 10-year announcement. Um, congratulations on that, by the way. That's awesome that you guys are at 10 years already. Um, and you hold a world championship every year, which is usually very near to you in Argentina because you only have the one cabinet. What are you guys yeah. going to be doing differently this year for that? And what is like the big noise about this 10 year anniversary thing? Okay. Yes. We will be making a, a world tournament as we call it, because everyone in the world is invited, but we made it here in Argentina. Uh, there have been a few international uh, players from time to time. And uh, that's, uh, once uh, once a year, we make it uh, by the end of the year, November or, or December, and and that's a very special thing because the tournament, as as the players got better, they they they've been playing the game uh, 
one play of the game is been uh, larger for them. Like uh, a first uh, players uh, could play like 20 minutes, and then uh, yeah, there's players that have been playing like six real hours uh, the game, right? So the tournaments they get larger and larger. You know, it's like right now it's uh, uh, we start usually at Saturday, and the last one that we had in, in November we ended uh, Monday 3 a.m. AM and it's the tournaments are, are getting larger and it's a way for us uh, to once a year gather all all the players right and we had the the ninth tournament in 2021 in 2022 we we will have the 10 tournament that will be kind of a special uh, but aside of that uh, aside of the of the, of the tournament we we were celebrating the 10th anniversary of, of NAVE being released in 2012. So what we're going to do this year, aside of the tournaments, is to make uh, 10 gifts, uh, one uh, per month. Uh, it's, uh, and we're trying to, uh, to, to be with the game in, in places that are, are uh, classic places for us, like a few barcades. Uh, also, like, uh, and, and try to make uh, different activities uh, throughout the, the year. So that's that's the thing with this uh, 10th uh, anniversary uh, year, that uh, after two years of being inside, we, we made a, a couple of, uh, of gigs, but uh, we were, like, inside because of the of the pandemics so this year we said okay let's let's give the players uh more uh more opportunities to play the game before that uh 10th uh world tournament yeah i think that's a, a cool idea and something a little bit different to kind of throw it out because i mean like you said the last two years have been pretty quiet for the arcade scene in general um i guess the last question i had for you is just what advice would you give to developers that are interested in making a new game? I mean, asking this question now is completely different because I just started working on pixel art myself because I want to learn how to do it. It seems like a really fun thing to do. So what advice would you give to people, whether they're learning Unity or Unreal or pixel art? What are some like good basic things to do when you first start off? Well, it's, it's, it's a pretty common thing to say, but uh, you have to start small. Uh, when you haven't made games, you have lots of ideas in your in your in your head, and then maybe you, you start making a game and you realize that it's a lot of work, right? So one of the best things to to learn uh, make games is to make many games and to finish them, like make super super tiny games and 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 try to finish them. So you can learn every every aspect of the game making, right? Because maybe you want to make a super big game and you will be all, uh, only uh, able to focus on the graphics or only on programming and then you don't have the graphics and uh, or, or the flow of the game right or, or the gameplay so uh, that's that would be my, my advice and um, and also I would advise that uh, it would be great to have more arcade games, right? So, and it's a, it's a, 
very re rewarding uh, niche, let's say, because you get to see people play and uh, understand and learn how your maybe your own game works, and you didn't know how, how it really worked uh, uh, beyond what you wanted to do. So I, I, I would highly recommend to make a, make a super small game and a super simple kind of cabinet can, can be a small cabinet or where you have to build your own controllers and, and, and try to make a specific game for, for those controllers. So uh, that was, that was, that, that's what I would recommend because also many times you make a game that uh, it's released and you, the feedback, the only feedback you have of the game is maybe uh some comments uh or, or, or yes you can see people play but it's people that it's, that is playing knowing that other people is watching and it's not the same to just walk in play a game that is there in the arcade and you as a designer can step a few steps away and 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 see how that works so that that would be my my basic advice yeah, I think that's really good advice. I mean, I you're right. You hear it a lot. Start small. It's really good advice because everybody says, I want to make a game. And the first thing they have in their mind is like an open world MMORPG. And it's like Blizzard can't even pull it off. You're going to have trouble right. doing it by yourself. So start small. Start with like a Mario platform or something like that. And you're right. The arcade idea is so cool. It's so many people design these games and create these controller schemes around like an Xbox controller or a keyboard it's way more unique when you're starting from nothing. You're like, I can put two buttons, three buttons, five buttons, seven buttons, two joysticks, whatever you want to do. It gives you way more flexibility and a really unique gameplay. So I guess the last thing to wrap everything up, Hernan, is just tell us about your social medias. Where can people find Nave? Where can they follow along with the journey? And where can they keep updated with this 10-year celebration? Okay. So we we have, uh, on the one side, we have uh, our Instagram, that it's videogamo, like video game. Videogamo, videogamo, uh, dot inc. Uh, that's our Instagram. There we we use it fairly uh, regularly, and uh, we announce stuff there. We put some there, some pictures, some videos, and stuff. Then we have our Twitter that is uh, at videogamo, uh, videogamo. Uh, that's uh, there. We usually post in English and some stuff. We it, we don't have that much movement, but it's like the developer uh, network that we, we use. And then uh, we have the the all good Facebook uh, that it's uh, for Nave. It's our our database because there we have every event we made and lots of pictures of every of each one of those events. So you can see pictures since 2012 till now with and every place we, we, we've been to. We also have a, lots of uh, colleagues here. There's a pretty big arcade scene here in Argentina, so you'll be able to see other uh, indie arcades there. So, and in Facebook, you can find it by Nave Arcade, N-A-V-E, Arcade. And then you also can see some double tone stuff, uh, D-O-B-O-T-O-N-E. Uh, and that's basically our social media awesome well i'm gonna throw all that down in the description so everybody can check them out dobotone and nave are both awesome games you need to try them if you by chance are in brooklyn new york you can play dobotone there at wonderville 
Um, that's the only place I know where you can play either of your games. Um, and yeah, if you're still watching, you like what we're doing here, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Like I said, we will have merch coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. And until next time, peace.